0: On front page with me this morning is Yiswari Palanzami, journalist with the Malay Mail. Malaysia and Singapore are keeping their channels of communication open in their efforts to solve bilateral issues, although tensions escalated at times due to exchange of words. Through numerous meetings, two bilateral issues were successfully resolved. That included, of course, the postponement of the KL Singapore high-speed rail. The other one was over the airspace, over Pasir Gudang and um, uh, Singapore Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong is scheduled to be in Malaysia for two days from April eighth to meet his uh, counterpart, our very own Tun Dr M, at the ninth Singapore Malaysia Leaders Retreat. Uh, Yeswari, do you know what some of the other issues that
1: are set to be discussed this time around? Well, it's the few issues that we've all you know grown accustomed to <laughs> over the time. It's the port limit issue, uh, the border, the sea border, um, the airspace management and also the rate for the water supply that's uh, being channeled into Singapore. These are the three things that Dr. Mahathir had listed during a press conference. But um, as we all know, uh, just recently, just yesterday, the port limit issue for Malaysia and Singapore, the issue has been settled. Mm -hmm. So the border is back to the 2018 line. So that is settled. And also um, the airspace issue... On ...and the usage of the Selica Airport and whatnot... ...that is also settled. So, you know, like the flight, Firefly... ...which had its operation suspended into Selica Airport... ...can now continue. Wow. And Malindo has uh, applied to also use the airport. So that issue is settled as well. But uh, Transport Minister Anthony Lok... ...has also made it clear that... ...Malaysia would like to manage its own airspace. You know, airspace is a matter of sovereignty of a nation. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it's only fair, you know, that we we manage what is ours. So there's a special committee that's been formed to look into this. So let's hope we get some good news on this, and there will right. not be any more bickerings. Yeah. Yes, indeed.
0: Well, that's interesting to watch, definitely unfold. Yeah, over the next day mm-hmm. or so. Yeah. Coming up, we'll be taking a look at uh, what some law experts are saying about the Rome Statute. That's up next here on Light. On front page with me this morning from the Malay Mail, I have Yiswari Palansami. On Friday, Prime Minister Tun Dr. Mahathir Muhammad announced that the government was withdrawing its ratification of the Rome Statute, which came after protests made by the Tunku Mahakutta Johor, Tunku Ismail Sultan Ibrahim. Ratification would entail making changes to Malaysian law to conform with the requirements of the Rome Statute, which allows prosecution of those who commit international crimes, such as genocide, war crimes, crimes against humanity such as enforced disappearances of individuals by state or agents of the state. There has been other developments with regards to this issue. Uh, Iswari, can you very briefly explain you know, what the Rome Statute is?
1: Well, very simply, the Rome Statute is the one treaty that establishes the International Criminal Court. Well, you know, you, some call it the, the Rome Statute of the International Criminal Court. But for conversation's sake, and you know, we, we can also call it the Rome Statute. It's like many others. It's an international treaty. About 120 countries have adopted the treaty. But the important thing to note here is if a country is unwilling or unable to, you know, manage some of these issues and if you ask me what are some of these issues like genocide you know war crimes and and whatnot you know the very very heinous ones that we see some other nations committing right you know why the u-turn well as the prime minister had explained you know well you can you can actually see that the prime minister was very angry Mm -hmm. during the press conference it's just a break away from the regular tone that we know you know Mm -hmm. the tone and the body language it was quite intense well, he's blaming critics of the Rome Statute who have not taken in the whole thing in its proper context. Yes. And there's just too much of fear which led to it, you know, not being signed. So that that's the thing. But if you look at it, the type of crime that the Rome Statute lists, mm-hmm. lists you know. Malaysia has never been a country that goes to war with another nation. Yeah. Okay? You're not like the United States and in some other nations, you know, that has been actively some ways, you know, being part of war in, in the other nations and whatnot. So I personally think, and uh, you know, looking at the law, that's really mm-hmm. nothing to fear.
0: Alright. Well, how does this U-turn reflect on us as a country? Because, you know, as it is, People are already criticizing the PH government for doing this
1: U-turn. Well, it really does not. It, I, I have to admit, it does not reflect well on us because, you know, this is like one of the few U-turns already to date, you know. Mm-hmm. But I understand where the prime minister is coming from. It, it is He's just been put in a very difficult situation, you know, because, well, the Rome Statute also speaks about the royalties and whatnot, mm-hmm. but we'll come to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some just start spreading so much of fear around right. that and... You know, people who are not well-versed about it, they are just going to listen to people who they think, hey, you know, this, this guy knows what he's talking about. I think he knows mm-hmm. what he's talking about. So I'd rather just listen to him rather than go into my own research, you know. Exactly. Some of us here in Malaysians really need to start reading a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is really a problem. Well, coming up, the next headline
0: is uh, interesting. Uh, the government cannot ban smoking in private cars, according to the Deputy Health Minister. We'll take a look at that next here on Front Page on Light. On front page with me this morning from the Malay Mail is Yiswari Palansami. The government has no authority to ban smoking in private vehicles, said the Deputy Health Minister, Dr. Lee Bun Chai. He said private vehicles were personal spaces which could not be disturbed. Meanwhile, he said that there were 22,767 warning notices been issued to food premises which failed to put up their no smoking signs from the 1st of January till the 24th of February nation wide. He said to date, no summonses had been issued yet, but the ministry plans to do so on premises flouting the stipulated law from this July. So, Yismari, do you reckon that smoking should be banned in private vehicles? Do they have any leg to stand on
1: by, you know, trying to enforce this? I just have one question. Why would you want to do that? Like, why would you want your car thinking of, you know, <laughs> I in the morning? I question that too. And, yeah, I mean, if your private vehicle is something that you use to ferry your family around or you know some people even you know may use it as a grab ride you know on on, on weekends mm-hmm. or on days when they're off from work wouldn't you want a clean car you know you don't want customers <laughs> getting in and complaining about the smoke human and them thinking about a big human cigarette mm-hmm. i just think this all boils down to moral compass you know personal moral compass mm-hmm. you should just have some some sense when you do certain That's things so of course it's your space Mm. Of course, it's your vehicle, but are other people affected by this? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, then, but it, but but sorry, you know,
0: over. I think I believe in in Australia and other some other countries, they have actually laid down a law that you know you can't even smoke in your own private vehicle. So I guess this is where this
1: is coming from. I guess you know it's it's done for the safety of their people. So yeah. you know, if and the children, government yeah. is going to do that, you know. Look at it from a bright side. It's your it's your personal vehicle and whatnot, but it's the safety end of the day, mm-hmm. you see. And at the end of the day, the health ministry is doing what it's designated to do. It, it's safeguarding the health of its people. All right. And, you know, also on your question about the smoking sign, yeah, I've been noticing for quite a bit now that, uh, I don't know, I think perhaps enforcement has been a little bit lax. You know, mm-hmm. because I've seen people openly smoking near restaurants, you know, or disregarding the distance, right. the designated distance which you're supposed to observe and whatnot. Yeah, so, months, because um, months
0: have passed and uh, it doesn't
1: seem to be that effective. I think effective. the hype is just dying down. You right. know, initially we started out strong, but I really hope the health ministry is, is c- going to continuously be enforcing things into this because, Well, it was good. Mm -hmm. The results that that we got was good. You know, people were able to eat properly without having to fear, you know, the guy at the next table is smoking like Mm -hmm. no one's business and affecting them and their children. You know, end of the day, Shazmin, it's really moral compass. We do not have to uh, resort to laws to specifically, you know, guide our behavior in this sense if we are civic enough to 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 just observe it ourselves. But unfortunately, we are not. So we need some disciplining, you know. (laughs) Yeah, we need some self-discipline as well. All right. Well, coming up, Malaysia and
0: Indonesia send a protest letter to the EU. This is all about the palm oil. That's up next here on Light. On front page with me this morning is Yiswari Palansami, journalist with the Malay Mail. Indonesia President Joko Widodo and Malaysian Prime Minister Tun Dr. Mahathir Mohamad have signed a joint letter of objection to the European Union over its plan to phase out the use of palm oil in renewable fuel. And Indonesian official said the letter was sent to the EU over the weekend, said Luhut Panjaitan, um, coordinating minister for maritime affairs, who also oversees natural resources issues. Of course, um, as we all know, Indonesia and Malaysia are the world's top producers of the vegetable oil and have both threatened a World Trade Organization challenge against the EU over its plans to phase out the use of palm oil by 2030 in renewable transport fuel. Um, Iswari, will the cooperation with Indonesia actually help protect our palm oil industry in the EU? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, you see, it it boils down to to that that one discipline. The bigger, the better, you know. So if you get get more people to jump in on the cause with you, mm-hmm. more people with similar concerns, then it will of course strengthen our voice on the international platform. And, and as we know, yes, Indonesia and Malaysia are both competitors in the palm oil industry. Are both top, you know, producers. But at this point in time, we are being threatened with the you know the sanction that the EU is is going planning on imposing on farmer products and whatnot. So it, it might help to a certain degree, but I think there has to be a bigger uh, coalition, you know. Perhaps the members of the ASEAN League can come together, bandy together, you know, and state their disagreements. So, yeah, you know, Dr. Han's always been a fan of the ASEAN coalition and how we can work together for mm-hmm. to achieve greater purpose. So perhaps they can look at it working that way towards right. this cost.
0: What else oh, yeah. can be done to retain our business in the EU besides the ASEAN coalition?
1: Well, you know, I think it's high time we start looking at renewable energy, like mm-hmm. we start I mean even on our part, you know, it's it's high time that we start to distance ourselves from being centered on palm oil and fuel and look at ways where we can, you know, alternate energies for our daily use. There are many countries are moving towards that already because resources are getting scarce, you know. So, the next best thing is to develop alternative energy we have to look into it, you know, um, how we can generate electricity via gas and, and whatnot, you know. So there are ways to look at it and we have a ministry dedicated to looking at this thing. So I hope we can achieve some really good things because we cannot always be going to war with nations that mm. are planning to move ahead, you know, yes. with times and start changing the way. The world has been operating, and we all know there are a lot of symptoms. Jasmine, you know, the pollution. Yes. You know, um, fuel is a lot of pollution. So we got to start looking at it from a different prospect, maybe. Oh, so, right. yeah.
0: Wonderful. Yuswari, thank you so much for your thoughts this morning on Front Page. Thank
1: you, Jasmine. Thank you for
0: having me. Of course, uh, if you want to listen to this hour in full, we'll be putting this up on our podcast a little later this morning, and you can get the podcast on light.my.